Blog Talk Radio. The opinions and views expressed by the host and guest are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Blake Radio Network. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world. Broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world. BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You are listening to Rainbow Soul. BlakeRadio.com. This is Dr. Daniels, and welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels here on the Blake Radio Network Rainbow Soul. And it is Tuesday, January 5th, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Today's topic is just for kids. And what I'm going to do today is take a look at the medical industrial complex from the perspective of children. So what would a child say? If they could talk, what would they say if, if they could communicate with their parents about what's going on? So we're going to talk about things from that perspective. Maybe a bit difficult for parents to hear, but uh, whatever. So the reason that um, I'm doing this show is I was asked by one of my clients to please do a show uh, about ADHD or about children and how uh, the present generation is being utterly, utterly destroyed and lost, and he he was so uh, concerned and just saddened by the whole thing, and after giving it a lot of thought, he decided that the children would have to save themselves, and so today's episode is dedicated to helping these children save themselves, and so uh, the basic format is going to start at conception. Yes, yeah, so we're start at conception, and we're going to go through prenatal care and childhood and adolescence. And that's when, um, of course, the child, cross our fingers, grows up. So here we are. Um, it all starts at conception. So uh, a sperm and an egg get together. And this woman, we'll call her the mother, decides that, oh, my God, I think I'm pregnant. And the... Thing that happens then is what does she do? She gets prenatal care. You'd be shocked to know. Uh, okay, so she gets prenatal care. First thing that happens is ultrasound, and so the baby, all the baby knows is that there's these bombs growing off. 
And so depending on how soon she gets ultrasound, the baby doesn't have any kind of listening abilities, but the whole uh, fiber of the baby's being is simply vibrated uh, tremendously. And so from the baby's perspective, this is, this is a very bad beginning. This is like, oops, oh my God, I thought I was going to be safe. Uh, I guess not. Then uh, there's a 25% fetal loss rate. That's what it's called, fetal loss. And even worse, they call it a spontaneous abortion. And actually, this is off the top. Uh, the death of fetuses in women who very much want to be pregnant, very much want these babies. 25% of them die in the first trimester if the woman gets prenatal care before eight weeks. This is research done by the medical industrial complex itself. And they can't understand why women who get prenatal care early have an increased rate of loss. There's all kinds of reasons that they give, but it's it's a fact. And so let's just say this this uh, fetus makes it past uh, the first eight weeks there. Then we have uh, chorionic villus sampling. And this is where a needle gets inserted through the cervix into what will be the uh, placenta or a few cells, and they're sampled to make sure that the baby is genetically good, or I guess you could say ordinary, or maybe perfect would be a word. And so if this test turns out unfavorable, of course, the woman is advised to have an abortion, which, of course, already 25% of them got an unwanted uh, abortion just by getting prenatal care. So what is the baby feeling when this needle is going in there and these cells are being taken? Well, I guess you could kind of... Uh, compare it to an earthquake. I mean, this 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 little person uh, is is tremendously uh, destroyed at this point. And of course, if the woman has insurance, she's now by this time ten weeks or ten weeks in, she has had three or four ultrasounds. And so this this baby has been subjected to uh, three or four grenades basically exploding. And so, what's the baby thinking right about now? thinking, oh, man, how did I get assigned to a mother like this? How did this happen? I, they told me that I would be protected, that you know I would be taken care of or looked after in some kind of fashion. And so then uh, things progressed. The baby's monitored. Again, more um, incredible sound waves. And the mother is being told that she's getting these ultrasounds to monitor the baby's growth to detect intrauterine growth retardation, when in actual fact, these things cause intrauterine growth retardation. So in other words, the baby's growth is stunted, and his mental abilities may or may not be stunted. You can quibble about that, but they definitely realize that the baby's uh, growth is stunted by these ultrasounds. And so, of course... Your average little kid is going to go two ways on this. One is going to say, well, my mother right or wrong. Or, oh, man, this lady's just not not really helping me out here. And so I would say to uh, little people who are inside their mothers and who are trying to sort this out, uh, that they should you know, have compassion and realize that their mother is doing the best she can do and realize that 
as awful as all this may be, um, the alternative, of course, is worse. That would be not having a mother at all or not being born at all. And so then comes the birth. And this can be, this can go two ways. It can be C-section or it can be uh, a vaginal birth. And so if the poor kid has a C-section, then he doesn't get the fluid expressed from his lungs and his heart has to work very, very hard the first few days to circulate even more blood because it's not getting as much oxygen each time it passes by the lungs. So this kid is uh, is getting TTN, this transient tachypnea of the newborn, a very common event with C-section babies. Then, because he didn't go through the birth canal, he didn't get an assortment of good bacteria. So hopefully, if he's lucky, he'll get that when he's breastfed. So if he goes through the birth canal, uh, that's a good thing. Um, but as soon as he gets to the birth canal, the uh, umbilical cord is cut short, um, depriving him of at least 20% of his blood supply, creating or setting him up for anemia in the first year of life. And so the baby might be a little skeptical about his mother's judgment about now. You know, like, Mom, why are you putting me through this? Why didn't you just, like, have me at home? And how come you're letting them cut the cord and take me away to this cold table on the other side of the room. And so by this time, the kid is uh, feeling pretty anxious, I imagine. Now he gets to that table, he gets a vitamin K shot, and this is a, uh, as far as the kid's perception, this is a, a bit of torture here, it's very painful. And um, the mother, of course, is told this is an important shot and it prevents um, Bleeding, it also causes jaundice, so it prevents bleeding in one in 10,000 babies, and it causes jaundice in about 30% of babies. So you figure out the benefit ratio there. Of course, when these babies get jaundice, they get, of course, separated from their mother, they spend more more days in the hospital. Then, of course, there's erythromycin drops to prevent um, gonorrhea transmission, now, naturally, of course, the lady's already been checked for gonorrhea during her pregnancy, and so there's really not any reason to give these drops because you've already checked her for uh, this condition. And, of course, you put these things in the baby's eyes, and they burn, and so now the baby's been stabbed, and he's got this burning stuff in his eyes, and no wonder he's crying. Just by the way, I've done home births, and home births, the babies come out nice and quiet and smiley and Really relax, actually. It's an amazing experience. <coughs> so, uh, it doesn't stop there. So then, depending on the hospital the baby was born at, they might get a hepatitis B shot right there in the hospital, another piece of torture. Uh, and then, of course, the poor kid uh, goes home with this unsuspecting parent. Then the mother comes back for a, oh, got to feed this kid something, right? So maybe the child is lucky enough to be breastfed, and uh, maybe not. Maybe he's getting uh, baby bottles with the uh, plastic and the poisons in them. Maybe he's getting formula in glass bottles if his mother's enlightened. Uh, the listeners might be shocked to know that glass bottles are more than $8 a baby bottle. Even plastic ones are like 3 or $4. I had no idea. 
uh, one of my friends here in Panama had a baby, and I said, oh, what do you want? He said, I want baby bottles. And so, of course, I thought, oh, that's a simple request. Back when I had kids, they were a dollar a baby bottle, but not anymore. So the kid might be getting formula, which is very, very unfortunate. And uh, the reason, of course, that would be unfortunate is because a lot of times formula-fed babies, let's say cow milk-based formula, get increased uh, ear infections. Then you might say, oh, feed the baby soy formula, which I did do myself. And when babies are fed uh, soy formula, they get a total body rash. You can interpret that to be total toxicity. And, of course, it now has a baby saying, oh, my God, I've got this rash all over my skin. Now what's she doing to me? And then, of course, a caring mother would want to keep her baby clean. And I give the baby shampoo. Uh, baby shampoo, of course, which is filled with chemicals and poisons, and the reason baby shampoo doesn't hurt the baby's eyes is there's an extra drug added called a local anesthetic. And this anesthetic keeps the baby from perceiving the sting of the chemicals and poisons that are actually in the shampoo. And um, then the baby has Wi-Fi pollution from the baby monitor. If the parents have taken special care to purchase a monitor in the baby's room so they can you know, be alerted, if the baby cries or something, you'll be able to hear it or see it. And so by this time, the baby is is is, is feeling pretty uh, pretty rejected, really put upon. Is this 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 mother that he's been assigned or has been assigned to him is is almost trying to kill him? And um, you know, the baby's uh, been robbed of his blood supply didn't get as good bacteria. Uh, he's been given a shot to make him mentally retarded. It would be the vitamin K shot. Um, and to give him jaundice. He's been subjected to a bunch of bombs and grenades going off while he's inside of this woman. And now that he's born, it's just going from bad to worse. Going from bad to worse. Now again, uh, you know, I would certainly advise any baby not to have a chip on his shoulder because as bad as this is, if he didn't have a mommy to take him home, it would be, of course, much worse. Foster care is no walk in the park. So then, uh, as I said, hepatitis B shot, uh, if the baby got that at birth in the hospital, then if he's a boy, it would increase his death rate, and let's just hope he got by that. Um, and then we have the measles, mumps, and rubella shot. I'm just going over the highlights here. At 18 months, which seems to cause autism in uh, black males. Why not white males? I don't know. I didn't do that study. Um, but it does seem to be a link for sure. And so, meanwhile, the babies are being given disposable diapers with plastic. And for, for males, this is a big dose of estrogen. And so this gives them kind of the wrong development, gender speaking, from the start and can create a little bit of gender confusion. And so uh, this baby is going to be a little bit confused about his gender. And um, the other thing that's going to happen here is there's going to be a fair amount of ear infections. And so this kid is going to have painful ears. He's going to be crying a lot. Going to be cranky, going to be worried, and even most, even more important or more distressing, of course, not trusting with his mother. 
So I say to these little kids, uh, you know, your mother really is doing the best she knows how. And of course, when the ear infections come, what does mom do? She takes the poor little kid to the doctor to get antibiotics. And what do the antibiotics do? The antibiotics cause all manner of problems, not least of which is childhood cancer. This is a problem. Yes, this is a problem. And so the child also now at this point with this artificial formula, he's um, bottle fed, is also going to have uh, malnutrition and some serious behavior issues. It's going to be very early on, so we're going to have uh, a lot of screaming, a lot of shrieking, a lot of irritability, and all this basically from the kid being uh, malnourished. And then, of course, around eight weeks to uh, three years, depending on the mother, the child will go to daycare. And in daycare, um, the daycares, most daycares are now state or government certified. What does this mean? This means literally that the daycare supervisors or operators are obligated to uh, poison the children with dairy products and with very strong cleaning agents. And to say nothing of the fact that the poor kid feels uncared for, moms abandoned them, um, and while he's at daycare, he feels like he's being treated like second-class freight. And so I say to kids who have this daycare experience, uh, really, your parents really don't know what's going on in daycare. They have no idea. If they knew that your love and your trust for them was being undermined, they wouldn't do this. But many of them don't know. Many parents actually put their kids in daycare for something called socialization. Interesting concept. So you have to uh, realize that they don't know. If you're, like I said, if your parents knew what was going on in daycare, they wouldn't leave you there. They would, they would have you stay home, or even they would stay home if they realized it. And if they realize that this is setting a stage for um, emotional distance between you and them, and that it's setting the stage for um, adolescent um, behavior problems and lack of respect for them. They, they wouldn't leave you in daycare. Then we have school. So we start school around age five with the usual barrage of shots and injections. And of course, yes, I know, that's a bunch of torture. It hurts. You don't trust your parents. You feel like they betrayed you. Um, you're totally distraught and upset. And uh, this is basically one more chance for you to become uh, mentally damaged. So the other thing with the school experience itself, um, you're probably wondering why you're going to school because all you're just going to school to be taught something and all you want to do is, is learn what your parents have to teach you and be just like them. But don't worry, don't worry. Your parents have no idea. They don't know what's going on in school. They don't know it's just a propaganda machine trying to turn you into a machine when all you want to do is, is be spend time with them and learn what they know. So the best way to get through school is to understand that these people in school are professional representatives of the government and that while you do need to learn a lot of things to try and get by in life, um, these teachers don't know what those things are. If they did, they wouldn't be teaching. This is what my father told me. It really helped me. And 
that the teachers are there to earn a living. If they weren't getting paid, they wouldn't be there. You're not like your parents. Your parents are taking care of you, even though they're, they're probably not getting paid to do it. So don't worry about the teachers. Realize that they're trying to earn a paycheck and um, make it as easy as possible for them to earn their paycheck. And don't worry about the letters they write on pieces of paper. That's just them writing letters on pieces of paper because that's what they get, to, they, that's what they get paid to do. And your parents are sending you to school because they have the erroneous belief, well, maybe it's true or not, I don't know, but they have the belief that they have to send you to school. If they don't send you, then the you know government will be mad at them and do bad things to them. So go to school, have character, suck it up, realize your parents are doing the best that they know how, and um, realize that the stuff you're learning is just the stuff the government wants you to know. Not necessarily what you need to know, but what the government wants you to know. So homework. What's homework? I know. It seems pretty pointless, tedious, there's a lot of it. And your parents really believe, they really think that this is going to help make you a, a better person. So then I say, either do the homework or don't do the homework. But whatever you do, don't worry about it. Um, the only reason for the homework is to establish the authority of the government over your parents and to um, undermine their authority. So don't worry about the homework. Just be nice to your parents and let them know that you care about them. Now, there's this one little problem that happens uh, in school at kindergarten, fourth grade, and seventh grade. Maybe more than that, but at least those years. And that's a physical exam. I know it's because I was a doctor at the school. And this is where they make you go and stand in a room with a bunch of other kids wearing just their underwear. And some stranger comes in, that'll be a doctor, and pokes and prods at you to make sure that you're the standard size and that you're growing to be a nice uniform uh, machine. This is an invasion of your privacy. I know that you know that. And, And this is actually a violation of your person. But again, your parents aren't aware of this. So I would say endure this, get through it. If you can get your parents to write you a little note saying they don't want you examined, that would be the best thing. But if you can't, just get through it and realize that when you grow up, your body is yours and you don't have to submit to any physical exams and you can just stop. But realize that right now your parents don't really have a good handle on this and they really think that these physical exams are helping you. You know they're not, but your parents don't know. Then the next issue that um, parents, I should say children, confront is food. And the big issue with food is that it's not nutritious. And it's really, it's that it's not food. It's fake food. It's plastic. A lot of kids notice this. And unfortunately, uh, as a child, when a child notices this, the child is considered a picky eater, a bad person. And I understand this because as a kid, I only ate what I wanted to eat when I wanted to eat. And I wasn't really a picky eater because in our house, we were allowed to put whatever we wanted on our plate. And as long as we ate what we put on our plate, it was okay. So how could you know you had a picky eater? You know what to know. Of course, I was severely underweight, but that was, <laughs> I guess that gave me away. So, uh, you know, realize your parents a lot of times they're influenced by propaganda. They're influenced by the latest, uh, you know, coconut oil or or coconut cream or coconut milk fad 
or maybe they're um, buying the uh, the fancy yogurts for kids from the store that are filled with all kinds of chemicals. But if you don't think something should be eaten, don't worry about it. Just don't eat it. Pass it on to a sibling, or you could just toss it discreetly. Um, also, pay attention to how you feel, because you're right. This food really is, really does make a difference. And um, don't eat stuff that makes you sick. So you got to just give your parents a little bit of help with this by um, not eating stuff that makes you feel bad. And food is actually pretty important. And if you eat these foods full of chemicals, it'll make you behave in very bad ways that, that you really you don't want to behave. So um, the food's a big deal. But when you grow up, you know what? You can make your own decisions about the food. And you can help your parents too. Like as soon as you get big enough to play in the dirt, you can maybe start planting stuff. And then as soon as you get big enough where they give you your first smartphone, you can go on the Internet and find uh foods you can eat that grow in your backyard. They're called edible weeds. So with food, there's a big problem, but your parents might not know about it. Then things go on as teenagers. And teen years are difficult, very difficult. What happens in teen years? In teen years, you're actually transitioning from being a child to being an adult. Your body is changing into an adult body. Now, the problem is, uh, as a teenager, you're getting a tremendous amount more of these artificial foods, and foods that were never meant to be foods. And I know this because I used to work at a detention center where they would detain children who behaved poorly. And... When the kids would, would come in, they would have them on a lot of drugs like um, ADHD drugs, SSRIs, antidepressants. That's okay. These are all big letters, things that sound mysterious, but you'll find out what they are. And what you should do is, is if your parents put you on these drugs, you should cheek the drugs and discard them when no one's looking, but don't swallow them. It's important that you not swallow them because they cause early onset Parkinson's disease. And so then you get mentally retarded and get nerve damage when you're in your 40s instead of in your 70s. So it's important that you not take these drugs, really drugs of any kind. So if your parents give you drugs, realize they're giving you these drugs because they think it's good for you, they think it's a good idea, and they think it's going to help you, but it doesn't. So just pretend to swallow them and uh, throw them away and don't take any of them. And realize that your parents are doing the best they can and are doing what they think is best. Meanwhile, try and drink plenty of water, eat vegetables and fruits that are not cooked, and then only eat the ones, the cooked ones that you cook yourself. And you can help your parents with the cooking. Now, what should you stay away from? Bread, soda, school lunches, milk, cheese, ice cream dairy products, and most uh, lunch meats. Now, these are things to avoid because when you eat them, you actually lose control over your life. Again, your parents have been told otherwise. They've been told that these are good foods, that these foods are are, uh, a measure maybe of their social status, 
and they don't realize how dangerous these foods are. But certainly when you start doing things you don't want to do and behaving in ways that you don't even approve of, then that's when you've got to take a look at the food and make uh, a decision. So the big deal is when you grow up, you have to decide. Until you grow up, believe it or not, you have to not let on that you know all this stuff. No, you can't let on that you know it. And you just got to do the best you can to avoid the shots, avoid the beds, the plastic pretend food, stay away from the doctor visits, and don't take any drugs. I mean the prescription drugs. So that's what you've got to do while you're a kid. Avoid as many of these things as possible. Yep, a lot of kids are going to be damaged by this. A lot of them are going to be, well, stupid. And you've, of course, seen them in the neighborhood and in your school. But you have to take a very compassionate view and realize that your parents are doing the best they know how and they don't mean to harm you at all. And if you were not with your parents, you would be with a group of adults that would treat you even worse. I know it's tough to imagine, but even worse. So when you grow up, remember, no more shots. You don't have to take any torture. Refuse the shots. Now, some people might say that if you don't get those shots, you can't get a job. Well, that job is not worth having. Go ahead and pass that job up. And you'll actually get to the real money much quicker uh, by starting your own business and having your own uh, personal source of income. So don't worry about that. Now, when you grow up, also remember, no more poison. Uh, You can do things like learning to grow your own food, and teenagers have plenty of time, and that's only one thing you can do. So when you grow up, no more torture, don't, don't accept any shots. And no more poison. So you don't see any poison food. You can learn to grow your own food without poisons. Now, the other thing you have to do, which is really important, is you've got to find your own entertainment. This is important because the uh, sports industry, movie industry, music industry, all these entertainment industries uh, are designed to get you to submit to torture and to poisoning. You've got to find your own entertainment. No more government-organized teams. Uh, No need to watch these teams. Um, Find your own fun. You may decide to have a hobby like um, sewing or astronomy, looking at the stars, or woodworking. All kinds of neat little hobbies that you can get. So you've got to do that. Another thing is sexually transmitted diseases. This is, going to, this is a big one, and you're going to hear a lot about sexually transmitted disease. I just want to let you know, there are no incurable sexually transmitted diseases. Right. So, uh, all the present diseases sexually transmitted that do exist can be cured either uh, by natural means. Actually, I'll just leave it right there, just by natural means. So, that's an important thing to understand. So enjoy yourself, grow up, have a family, and remember, don't you torture or poison your children. So you want to keep a list of all this torture and all this poisoning that's going on, and what you want to do is make up with your mind that when you grow up, you're not going to do the same thing to your kids. And that is very very important.
Now, meanwhile, it's really important to forgive your parents. They really don't know what they're doing. As awful as all this may sound, they are the best option you have right now until you grow up. Then your best option will be you. So you need to realize that you've got to make plans for your adulthood. Make a list of all these things that you object to. You need it to be an adult. Make sure that you do it differently. Because that's what being an adult is all about, is making your decisions for you. And so get ready, because the reins are going to be passed to you. Now is the time. Make a list of all the things that you hate, all the episodes of torture, all the poisonous things, the poisonous foods, and make up your mind that you're not going to harm your children as you've been harmed. You can do it. It happens one person at a time, and you are one person. (laughs) Okay, so we are ready for questions. First of all, I'd like to say um, I'm working on a big uh, promotion, um, a program to help people heal at home, bring their healing home. No longer have to uh, submit to the torture and tyranny of the ambulance, the emergency room, the hospital, or even worse, the standard of care. Now, let's see. (laughs) Okay. We're looking at, let me find the uh, five questions here in the lines. Looking quick, I think it's one if they have questions. I think it's really important for people to understand that when they make these decisions for their children, um, the decision to to vaccinate, um, the decision to um, give the kid poisons like disposable diapers, um, formula, food uh, called baby food. Now these things are very destructive and really destroy the loyalty that the child would have towards the parent, and it just totally destroys this. Um, family bond, and that is really what destroys a family. A lot of people think uh, the family is being destroyed by uh, these people who have different ideas from what the family, what they personally have, and it actually isn't the, isn't the case. Um, the real deal is the family is being destroyed by the members of the family being physically separated, sending a kid to daycare, dad to one job, and mom to to another job. So you literally have what would be three individuals getting to know each other, doing nice things for each other, helping each other out. The whole thing, as they say, is set asunder. It's just totally destroyed. And that is what needs to be um, avoided. And so one question people ask is, how is it that some children turn out well after all of these assaults? And I think the word is some children. And it would be great if more children could turn out well. And if fewer children um, could be damaged 
with autism. If fewer children could be damaged with um, childhood cancer, which is now one of the top three causes of death for children, um, it, it would be better if uh, kids didn't have uh, peanut allergies, fish allergies, and all these other problems. So it turns out that most children are harmed by this. And it is true that some children turn out well. Most um, would turn out a lot better if they weren't subjected to all this. (laughs) Magdalene, why is it that people have to get really sick and really broke before they even consider natural methods? Uh, that's a good question. I think the reason people have to get so uh, sick and so broke is because the other uh, poisonous, damaging methods have been uh, glamorized through avenues of propaganda. So um, that is the problem. And the problem is the, the the kind of the grass is green on the other side mentality. And so people feel that they believe this propaganda and they decide that, oh, if I care about my child, then I'm going to give them health care. If I care about my child, I'm going to give them antibiotics. If I care about my child, I'm going to take them to the doctor. And I was just doing some research the other day about what types of things people go to the emergency room for. And most things people go to the emergency room for, not only are not emergencies, they're not even serious. And so, um, why do they go? They go because they feel that that's the way they show their caring, that they show their caring by bringing their loved one to the emergency room. And it's the same with these children. They're being so damaged by all of this um, intervention. They're being damaged because the parents are conditioned if you get pregnant and you really care about your child, you're going to get prenatal care. Um, and that's just about the worst thing you can do. Um, maternal death has increased sixfold since the institution of prenatal care in the last 30 years. So there's, there's really no evidence that prenatal care is a benefit. It's certainly not a benefit to the mother. And there's no evidence it's a benefit to the child either. So the problem here is the propaganda, is that people trust the media trust government messages to give them information about things with which they are unfamiliar. So you have, say, a first-time or second-time mother um, going for this propaganda. Personally, I got prenatal care for my first two kids, even my third kid. But the third kid, I said, look, I'm not going to the hospital. I'm staying home. And so um, that's, that is the problem with the propaganda. And now that they have um, government assistance for poor people, um, poor people no longer have the benefits of poverty, which is that you would have natural clean food, that you would have no uh, encounter with the doctor or the medical system. And so what you have then is the children are um, of the poor are suffering even more. And even go so far in many cases to make the consumption of the steadily health care a condition of the poor person receiving government assistance. 
And so literally, people without knowing it are sacrificing their children. Um, they're literally um, damaging their children, a whole generation, just because uh, of something called a benefit. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll answer that question if we have time later. Okay. Family member was told she has bumps on her thyroid. How serious is that? Answer, not at all. So if you have bumps on your thyroid, uh, the ter- medical term for these are thyroid nodules. And so thyroid nodules can be cold or they can be hot. And so... Um, the best thing to do for thyroid nodules is basically to uh, get the chemicals out of your life because that's what nodules are. Nodules are simply your body storing um, storing chemicals. So no question, get rid of them. All right, so this is an interesting question. This person wants to start a business. Uh, Dr. Dance, along with natural health, you're also an expert in business. I thank you. Knowing the power of the state, mm-hmm, would you use a bank to run a business? I'm not sure what that means. I think what they mean is if you have a business, would you use a bank um, as part of it? Would you use a bank to collect money? Would you put money in the bank? The answer is you don't have a choice. Uh, so you don't have a choice. So if you, set, if you accept credit cards, all the money has to go into a bank. And basically, your only protection is the strength of your business and that in the event that everything is seized, you can just start your business over again. <laughs> I don't want to get your tax. Okay. Okay, let's see. Okay, then I could ask, how can one treat conjunctivitis? The important thing to understand about conjunctivitis is really what it is. Conjunctivitis is basically your body cleansing junk through the eyeball. And so the obvious answer is to get artificial tears and simply put uh, three or four drops of artificial tears in the affected eye several times a day. And literally that will rinse out the problem. That will take care of the problem. Best treatment for ADHD or hyperactive child is the diet. Just what I was talking about. Feeding the kid these synthetic foods or foods that were partially cooked outside of the home, or foods that even have an ingredient list. Yeah, if it has an ingredient list, it's not fit for a child. Um, that's what causes ADHD, is these chemicals literally getting into the blood and the brain. And um, that's the answer. Now, what's the problem with that? The problem with that is, if you're going to put a teenager on a diet, then everyone's got to go on a diet. The whole house has got to go on this caffeine-free diet. The whole house has got to go on this additive-free diet. The whole house has got to go on this nothing synthetic diet, right? Because this kid's got to access the refrigerator and everything. Unfortunately, parents will say, well, I don't have a problem, so I can eat what I want. But the kid make the sacrifice. The problem with that, of course, is what you don't realize is while this kid's getting ADD, you're actually getting cancer or you're getting severe arthritis. So um, that is that is the real deal. I'll tell you a story. This is true. It happened in my house. So I uh three teenagers at home, 
and uh, one son. And he's, he got into Red Bull. He decided he's going to start buying Red Bull. And man, he got to be so outrageous and uh, disrespectful. It was just amazing. And so I just said to sit down and talk to him and say, look, you know, where are you heading with this? This, this uh, caffeine energy drink is turning you into an ogre. I mean, are you, are you building up to a criminal record here? And what's your plan? And so he uh, stopped drinking the stuff. But, um, you know, we had a situation where we just didn't have it in the house. That was it. And none of it in the house. Didn't buy any soda pop, no soda in the house, no caffeine in the house, nothing. Okay. <laughs> All right. I've heard you were talking about the vitamins in certain energy drinks. Correct. It's not worth the, um, it's just really not worth the poisons and the toxicity and destruction to the developing brain. So uh, I, I would say no to, like I said, anything that's got an ingredient label that's reason enough to uh, leave it alone. You know, don't even, uh, just just really leave it alone. Okay. Dr. Daniels, what are some areas you have found people are getting hidden uh, toxins? First of all, one uh, really notorious area is canned foods. And when a food is... Um, irradiated in a cardboard type uh, vacuum pack container, that process of irradiation converts everything in that whole package into a toxin. It turns it into one big waste product. And so just drinking whatever is in that vacuum pack irradiated package is going to put incredible strain on your liver, whether it's uh, bone broth, whether it's chicken broth, whether it's uh, rice milk, um, it doesn't matter. So um, irradiated foods, people are just totally oblivious to that. Canola oil, which is nothing but irradiated oil, so the seeds are irradiated and then the oil is expressed. These are toxins. I mean, canola oil is just pure toxin. And so what, ha- what you have then is you have people who are spending a tremendous amount of money on um, eating organic foods, eating right, and they're filling their kids full of all these toxins. And the kids just literally fall apart. They disintegrate uh, in their uh, teen, late teens, early 20s. Kids just fall apart. And this is, this is a huge problem. And so... Uh, You've got, again, check for the ingredients label. Check if it's preserved, you know, and just make things at home yourself. So if you have children, it's really imperative to cook from scratch yourself at home. And and I did this for my kids, and it was not easy because I was not a a quick cook. Uh, You know, it would take me three hours to make a meal. Um, But that's really the best thing you can do. Um, I had three kids. They were all vaccinated because I just didn't know any better. Yet, 
Um, none of them have, uh, one is perfectly healthy, has absolutely no vaccine-related issues. Um, one has a shellfish allergy, which is a vaccine issue. Another one has a peanut allergy, which is a vaccine issue. And um, that's just uh, a problem. So what I'm saying then is cooking from scratch all the time at home greatly mitigated the effect of the vaccines. And so that's really what, what needs to be done because now we know about the vaccines, people don't vaccinate, but guess what? There's other stuff on the horizon. And you just don't know what it is. Um, and so the best way to avoid it is simply to cook from scratch. <laughs> okay. So people are asking how many toxins they get from their new shoes. Okay. It depends, of course, on what kind of new shoes you buy. Of course, I live in the tropics, right? Even if I buy new shoes, what am I buying? Buying a pair of sandals uh, with incredible ventilation. So you really don't get much of the uh, toxin issue. I think another way to look at it with shoes is, especially people who live in the north and who have cold weather and they've got to wear shoes because you just need to protect your feet, um, your body gets rid of toxins through the feet. So this is why the feet um, sweat. This is why you have uh, fungal problems in the feet or so it appears, you know, with calluses and stuff. So your body is constantly detoxing its feet. And so what you can do then is simply just uh, soak your feet in hot uh, hot water and scrub them off about three times a week. And that will be a great detoxing for you and to help overcome issues with the shoes. The other way to overcome issues with the shoes, of course, is to wear um, a pair of chemical-free socks. <laughs> All right, so let's see. We have questions here. How does sugar and dairy affect a hyperactive child? Um, very badly. So I worked at the prison, uh, it was called a detention center for children in Syracuse, New York. Uh, kids would come in and they did all kinds of outrageous things, um, you know, violent acts and stuff. But just talking to them and explaining to them, you know, things have really not gone very well with you so far in your life, and kid will agree, yeah, man, this is, this is a tough one. And so, you know, but you can turn it around. You can turn around. Did you know that, that, that the foods you eat can affect your behavior? And the kid says, no, no. So, yeah, yeah. If you, if you uh, eat the uh, beans and the rice and the vegetables while you're here, I think you do really well. Your behavior will improve, and, and we'll put in a good word with the judge for you. He said, really? Yeah, yeah, I'll put in a good word with the judge which we did, too, by the way. And um, so these kids, literally, voluntarily, we, we didn't police them, and the state required us to, to offer them soda pop. They actually refused soda pops and started drinking water. Uh, they refused the sugar uh, treats and instead ate fresh fruit. And so the turnaround in their behavior was just spectacular, absolutely spectacular. 
we had parents and grandparents thanking us, saying, oh, my God, ending up in this jail was the best thing ever happened to my kid because now he's finally straightened up. And they would literally ask for the diet. What are you feeding them? We want to feed them the exact same thing at home. So it does make a huge, huge difference. The um, thing to do is realize that little things, like your teenage kid mouthing off at you, uh, is probably due to something you fed him earlier that day. And, you know, you may want to pack his lunch and not give him any lunch money. So there's all kinds of ways to, to deal with this, but you, but you definitely want to make it clear that you are not going to contribute to your misery. I, mean, I, I, just, uh, I, I just wasn't going to put up with it. So I just switched all the food in my house. Uh, you know, no, no sugar, no this, no that. And, you know, even if the kids got out of hand, well, maybe it's time for a water fast. Whatever. But you just got to realize that this food is a problem and you've got to be willing to, to take steps and do whatever you've got to do. Okay. <laughs> All right. People are talking about starting a business, so I wish them the best with that. Okay. Dr. Yance, what do you think about plastic shoes that are made in a 3D printer? Are they safe? Uh, you know, I think you have to be a little suspicious of anything plastic, but I think the key with a shoe is that the shoe be open and that it breathe. Um, I think the best bet really is whatever kind of shoe you want, doesn't matter. But if you're, if you're in the north, then make sure you have a thick sock that's free of chemicals. If you're in the south or around the equator like I am, then just get a shoe that's very open and... Um, then that's the best way to go. Okay, let's see. We have more questions here. Okay. Now, people ask about eye injury. So let's say you have a foreign body in your eye. It's a fleck of something. You, you don't really know what it is. Um, you can actually take a flax seed and put that in your eye with a couple of drops of uh, water. And the flax seed will actually expand and it'll stick to the foreign body and then the, uh, the flax seed will pop right out of your eye. And it won't scratch your eye because uh, it's very soft. All right. <laughs> when I grew up, I grew up on cheap food, and that was pretty healthy. What's your opinion about that today? Um, the problem today is that there's a secondary food market. And a secondary food market is a market in canned goods that are expired, a market in um, food that is basically spoiled. And that's what's being sold as cheap food. Um, 50 years ago, cheap food was um, the leftover 
uh, vegetables at the farmer's market uh, that the farmers couldn't sell, and you would get that. And so it was a much healthier uh, thing. So now what you have is you have all of these highly preserved canned bagged foods that have been in the can or bag for several years, and that's what's being sold as uh, cheap food, and that creates a real problem. All right, let's see. Okay. How can um, children avoid getting diagnosed with trendy personality disorder? Um, You have to not allow them to take any of these psychiatric screening tests. All of these screening tests are rigged so that most of the people who take them turn up to have a disease. And this is a problem. So once the kid is identified, then the parent becomes obligated to pursue therapy. And now that most parents have insurance because of the um, either state-funded programs or because they're adhering to Obamacare, then they can treat your child without your consent. And so that's why today's episode is so important so the kid knows to cheek the pills. And so they'll give the kid pills in school, the kid just takes the pills, pretends to throw them in his mouth, keeps them in his hand, drinks the water down, and then puts the pill in his pocket or throws it in the trash on his way out or whatever. So uh, nowadays, if you send your kid to school, your kid can be screened for psychiatric disorder and your child can be um, forced into taking drugs. And so the only way for the kid to really get around it is to pretend to cooperate, pretend to take the drugs, to not voice any opinions while in school, to not show any signs of mental activity. Um, That's really the way I got through it. I just didn't say anything. I had nothing to say. Um, you know, I realized my impo- my opinion wasn't important, and so I just wasn't going to give it. And um, there was some concern about my high grades. People felt, well, gee, she's getting all these great grades. There must be some mental activity going on there. And so uh, I just uh, laid low and just didn't say anything. And that's what I would recommend for kids nowadays to do is just to um, not reveal your thoughts about anything and just keep it to yourself really. All right, that is it. We are at the end of our show. It has been an hour and of course we'll see you back next week and as always, Think Happens.